Well, I'm going to do to Rabbi Brander what I just did to uh, Rav Daron Peretz in terms of the um, the dream that Mayer and I had. I'll I'll, I'll ask Rabbi Brander uh, if he also uh, if he also um, is a is a board for this one. We'll see what he has to say. Rabbi Kenneth Brander, of course, is the president and Rosh Yeshiva of the Artura Stone Network of. Um, of uh, schools and institutions, and uh, just a moment ago off the air, Rabbi Brander acknowledged uh, two of the most important things about Mayor Weingart. Everyone focuses on what he did here, and obviously we know what he did here, uh, but we, we were focused in our conversation on his humility and his menschlichkeit. Well-deserved. Rabbi Brander, an honor as usual to welcome... Oh, all right, we'll wait for Rabbi Brander to... To check back with us here at JM and the AM. <laughs> I didn't realize that we had lost him on the phone line. We'll give him a minute to check back in. A reminder, tomorrow night at 7.15 in Cedarhurst Park, that is when uh, the rally takes place for the five towns. You know what I've been saying. You know exactly what I've been saying about the... Uh, situation. Jewish leadership nationally is not doing much regarding what's happening uh, with these random attacks on Jews, so we have to act and grassroots efforts have to be created. 7.15, Cedarhurst Park tomorrow night. Okay, I, I believe our Brander's back with us, and we will ask him the same question we asked her of Daron Peretz, and as I just mentioned, Ray Brander and I, in our conversation off the air a moment ago about Mayer, uh, we didn't focus on all the things he was accomplishing here. We know that, and you know that as an audience, but we were focused on his humility and his menschlichkeit. Well-deserved. Rabbi Kenneth Brander, pleasure and honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. And uh, indeed, it's, uh, it's a loss for not just the Nachum Siegel Network, but really for World Jewry, because he really promoted important values for all of us. And he did so not only with a clarity of vision, but with uh, a menschlichkeit and an edelkeit. I, I can't thank you enough for saying that. And I know what Mayor's reaction would be if he heard it, which I'm sure he is hearing. And um, and on his behalf, I will just say that it's so appreciated. And Baruch Hashem, so many know exactly what you mean and agree with you wholeheartedly. And before uh, we get to our conversation, Rai Brander, because our focus is going to be on some of the recent events in Israel, uh, I do want to put the same challenge to you that I just did on the air tour of Doron Peretz a few minutes ago. I ended my eulogy yesterday of Mayer by reminding him uh, that we had planned to be in Jerusalem on April the 16th of 2048, Yom HaTzma'ut, the 100th birthday of the State of Israel, the way our fathers, Rabbi Zev Siegel and David Weingarten, were there 100 years earlier. So I ask you, Rabbi Brander, we should all live and be well. Will you be able to join us for our Yamatsmut special 2048, or are you going to be very, very busy that day? I will please, God, join you as long as you make sure that uh, anything that you serve can be uh, consumed with a straw. Uh. <laughs> what, a, what, a way of, what a way of putting it. Uh, although I must tell you, that there are some rabbinic leaders in our community, Baruch Hashem, who have reached ripe old ages. I old, I should say old, with what I'm about to say. And it's amazing the vigor and the uh, 
and the strength that they do have. So, right, Brenda, I'm going to say the following. As much as you're convinced that you might need a straw, I'm going to wish that you're going to join us that day with tremendous strength, vigor, and celebration for the state of Israel. <laughs> I will definitely be there with tremendous vigor and celebration. I'm just not convinced that I won't need a straw. <laughs> Amazing. All right, right, Brender. Um, one of the reasons that I wanted to discuss what happened, one of the things that happened in Israel during the most recent war, and obviously one of the most disturbing, not, not that it's good that there are, you know, rockets coming onto the border towns of Israel, not that it's good that our army has to, you know, be prepared to give their lives in, in order to save us, uh, but the component of this war that was that was even more frightening uh, was the riots that were taking place in quote-unquote Jewish Arab neighborhoods. Lud is one of them that has been cited. Uh, people have been talking about Haifa, Arad, etc., etc., etc. It's all over the country. And uh, one of the reasons you have a perspective on this is because of the Artura institutions uh, that are based in uh, in the Lud area. So, I, I mean, what could you tell us? What could you tell us about what it is to be a Jew and live in a quote-unquote mixed neighborhood today? Well, you know, I, I would like to just focus my comments on Lud. I think they're representative right. of other comments, but that's the one I really have some knowledge of. Right. So wh- when these uh, when the missile attacks happened from external enemies, so obviously we were concerned. We have five thousand students. A lot of them were like like at least seventy percent of Israel were in harm's way, and we moved to a Zoom paradigm for the non Gushetzion schools. Uh, and the non-Jerusalem schools, so that they could be continue their learning, including in Lud. What happened was we started learning. They were the women, the 40 women, uh, who are in that program where they study for a year or two before either serving in the army or Shirut Lumi. Um, they continued to learn uh, because of making sure that they were in safe areas. They continued to learn uh, over Zoom for the first few days, and then things started getting really challenging in Lud. Uh, just to give you one example, we have uh, one of our uh, uh, Niyot, one of the teachers is, please, got eight months pregnant, still, thank God, pregnant. Uh, and she left to be with her parents, with her family, and uh, her next-door neighbor, her Arab next-door neighbor, which she has a, you know, in quotes, a wonderful relationship with, uh, let in people into their house and destroyed their house, uh, only to be continued by incinerating their car. So both the car was totally incinerated and their apartment totally trashed. And then when the when the uh, sirens went off to run into the shelters, and many of these are community shelters, many of their neighbors uh, who were throwing stones actually had to run into the shelters still with stones in their hands. Um, and it was a very jarring experience because we have really worked towards what we call du kiyum, to have a mutual respect and engagement with our neighbors. Um, And it became a big challenge. So, of course, the women at Midrash at Lindenbaum Lud didn't want to leave because this is their home. No one should tell them to leave. And, you know, unfortunately, they're much more courageous than me. (laughs) And at the end of the day, I'm responsible for their safety. So two or three days into the riots, I basically um, suggested, in quotes, but really demanded that they all leave. Um, And um, 
think on on the Wednesday before uh, Shavuot, um, they left, um, and then they came to Lindenbaum Yerushalayim uh, for Shavuot, and and thank God returned immediately after the ceasefire and are fully engaged in their learning again. Part of their responsibilities are also part of what they do is they volunteer in the community. So they have very much work to help the families who now have to basically tend to very trivial things, but to make sure their homes are rebuilt or that, uh, you know, they get their their physical lives in order. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've been helping with their children, whether it's babysitting or house sitting or things of that nature. The women have been doing that. In addition, some of the nurseries, are run by uh, a Ganenet or multiple, uh, you know, nursery school teachers who don't live in Lud, and they're too afraid to come back. So on a rotation basis, since they're also full-time learning, they're on a rotation basis. They're staffing the nurseries at this point to help make sure that the families in the Ramat Eshkol area of Lud are being taken care of properly. So um, they're doing... Uh, you know, their national service uh, in between many hours. I mean, mamish vegisa bo yoma velayla, they're learning day and night, but they'll take a few hours during the day to help the community, and uh, the 40 are on some type of rotation. Um, we never used to have, like, full security teams, uh, but now, uh, you know, through the time they're in the base medrash, there's a full security team outside. We haven't shied away from them engaging in the learning. It's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing what a few days of rioting can do to alter people's lives, huh? Yeah, and then I could just add one more point because I think it's sure. maybe not as politically correct, but I think it's very important. First thing is, it's very important. You know, there were people who it wasn't just stuff that was destroyed here. That's the easiest thing. Right. First of all, the government is replacing most of the stuff. Right. It's important for people to know that right. the government has a protocol. The second thing, but the people had invested years, decades of their lives of trying to create a society in which there could be mutual respect. Right. And, and, and the ashes, that, that the smoke that that finds itself in now is much harder to reevaluate and recreate. That's number one. The second thing is, there were people who, who who died in these in these riots, both Jews and Arabs. Um, and the heroic thing that I'm seeing is, you know, you had you had a Jew that passed away, uh, that was murdered. Let's call it what it was, um, and yet donated organs to both Jews and Arabs that needed it, and vice versa. You had an Arab that was murdered or shot. Um, uh, not by Jews, but was shot. Right. And also, family decided that the organs were going to be donated to both Jews, particularly to Jews, right. as well as well as Arabs who may need them. I think that that just shows, you know, the glimmer of hope in this in this in this time of 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 tragedy. And while I think it's too early and the wounds are too deep and too raw to discuss. A renewal, I think that there is, believe it or not, still that interest of without retreating, you know, 
My father's a Holocaust survivor. He was thrown out of Poland. Right. We're, we're not getting thrown out of wood. Right. No one's throwing us out of wood. That's not happening. Right. In fact, we're going to build Midrash at Lindenbaum Wood stronger. I told the women from Wood, and I gave a shear to them on Shavuos night um, in Yerushalayim, and I said to them, you don't have to worry. Lud isn't going anywhere. We're not going to have less students in Lud. We're going to have more students in Lud. We're going to make sure that Lud is stronger and safer. We're not retreating from Lud. No one's retreating from Lud. But I think it's important because there's some news that I'm seeing where people think that the people of Lud attacked the Arab community. That's not true. There were, there were vigilantes who called themselves religious Jews, uh, who came into Lud afterwards and attacked Arabs. But they weren't the good people of Lud who have selflessly moved uh, into the periphery of Israel to make a difference for Torah, for the Jewish people, and for the state of Israel. They were not part of the vigilantes. They were there. To, they just took, took care of dealing with their challenges. They, they don't have the capacity to pick up a stone. Um, that's not who they are. Yeah. But there were vigilantes who came in afterwards, and we have to separate them, <sighs> even though they look very similar. Yeah, understood. Right, Kenneth Branders, of course, with us talking about the situation in Lud, um, the Ortora Stone Institutions, and how they've handled the situation. Um, I, I, I would guess that the approach to public safety, or at least the safety of Jews in areas like Lud, as you described, and I'm not. This is not a criticism that you've made a decision of how to move forward. I, mean, I, I would not want to be in your shoes when having to decide between safety of our, uh, you know, students and faculty, and uh, and also our desire to maintain a presence where we deserve to be and, and believe we should be. Uh, but the future, the question is, what's going to be. Um, you know, down the road is, and and you did, you know, you're you're sort of indicating that because of the 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 terrible scars of all this, you know, getting back to the to dialogue and friendship, if you will, or some type of association with the uh, non-Jewish communities of that area or non-Jewish neighbors of that area is going to be a very very big challenge. Can, can this genie be put back in the bottle? Can we get to a point where? Where this is where, where where what happened over the last couple of weeks are are viewed as isolated episodes and can be put in the past moving forward. And not, you know we know each other for I don't know close to forty years. Yeah. So um, and please God will be meeting in the hundredth <laughs> anniversary of Jerusalem. So it'll be a lot more than that. Israel, yeah. And uh, I've yeah of of Israel and and you know. Um, I think that I have benefited from your optimism and learned from that, and I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic that we can find a way to be safe, secure, not naive, but to weed out the bad elements and to try to create for the future of our children, for the future of my children and my grandchildren, and for the future of your children and your grandchildren, a way to end the civil unrest within this country, because that's not that's not a healthy way to live. There's one thing to have, you know, there's one thing to have enemies all around you, and there's one thing at a moment's notice for your base medrash to all of a sudden be called up that all of, that all of your students that are in these units that you're not supposed to know about, like 
blowing up uh, the terrorist tunnels and all those other things. All of a sudden, they're one morning they're in night in the morning seder, and the next day they're in uniform, and they're no longer at morning seder. So true. Right? So, so, so you you know. Uh, hopefully you'll never get a, you never get accustomed to that. But okay, that's that's the get, that's the price you pay for the gift right. of sovereignty in Medina Israel after I mean, two thousand years. So and, true. And, but but civil unrest <sighs> uh, within the country itself. I mean, when I walked to Lindenbaum, Jerusalem, which is twenty minutes from my house in Katamon, I, I for the first time I had a I had a I had a, I had a an escort, an armed escort. Now, didn't have like a big gun out or something like that, but I needed an escort. Man, you didn't want to be uh, alone. You didn't want to be alone, right? I, I personally didn't think of, you know, I, I'm not that sensitive to these issues, but others suggested that mm-hmm. walking at three o'clock in the morning was not in the best interest right. of safety. But the but the bottom line is that that, that can't continue. And we have to figure out a way to do that from a position of strength not a position of weakness from a position of strength, but strength is also a position of our uh, of our ideals, and and right. But right now it's too raw to discuss. Right. But, you know, you know. I, I spoke to the head. No, sorry, I was gonna, I was going to say you work with Ari Riskin every day, and and strength of ideals is what he's always preached. And I always thought that he that he is so secure in his opinion on this. He'll be the first to extend a hand of friendship. The first to extend a hand of friendship. But it'll also be the mm-hmm. fir- also be the first to to defend the Jewish people and and deal and, and and understand what needs to be done to the enemy if they're trying to kill us. And I think that that, that that balance, which you're exhibiting I mean, the way you're you're speaking, I mean you're right on point, of course. But I think that that's the that that's the most sensible approach. And uh, and going forward, I'm going to sound like Goldo when I say this. Going forward, it's sort of up to the enemy to decide which direction they want to go in. Right, and I think going forward, we have to. I don't think you can extend the hand, hand if you're not extending it from a position of strength. Right. Because if you do, it'll get crushed. Right. I think the only way you you can extend the hand if you do it from a position of strength. Right. And therefore, my responsibility is to make sure Madrasha Lindenbaum load is strong. My responsibility, and their the students' responsibility, and their eager desire more than responsibility, is to help the community there get back on its feet and the particular families and to engage in Torah study in Lud, which has been part of our tradition for thousands of years. There has been a Jewish community in Lud. Right. Uh, you know, the Gemara discusses the car- the Pesach Seder that happened in Lud and the discussion of the carbon Pesach that happened wow. in Lud. Wow. Um, so, so wow. we're not, st- we're not, st- we're not stepping away from that, right, but we have to try to do it in a way that, um, that maybe we can, you know, still try to engage, but we can't do it without being strong because then then it puts it at, at harm's way and, and no one's willing to do that. Always appreciate your uh, insight. Please stay safe and uh, please uh, extend our best wishes to everybody at Artura Stone. Thank you, Nachum. Rabbi Thanks. Kenneth Brand, the Rosh Hashiva president, leader, Artura Stone, and... Uh, someone who really understands how the Jewish people, specifically the people who live in Israel, need to deal with reality and need to deal with destiny.